This is the Go Blue Crew. Welcome back to another fine episode of the Go Blue Crew. Fine because Michigan has moved on to the Sweet 16 for the third year in a row. Derek, let's just take some time to applaud that. Like, literally applaud. I hope that shows up well in the audio. Anyway. (laughs) Sweet 16 for the third year in a row. I mean, this is... uh, Kind of what we were talking about with Michigan making a postseason run, as they tend to do. And now they've kind of realized that. And, and, you know, all these worries that we had about offensive slumps and a guy not being able to go get a bucket. Okay, sure, they're still there, honestly. But the Sweet 16 kind of takes some pressure off as far as us being worried that they're going to flop, right? Yeah, you'd have to think that. I mean, anytime you can go on any sort of run in the postseason, uh, you can think back to the Big Ten tournament championship runs uh, two years or a year ago and two years ago. Uh, you can think all the way back to the Final Four uh, national championship game run last year. You've got to think that every win in the NCAA tournament, because it's March Madness and good teams are losing and, and good teams are on the verge of losing like Duke against UCF, you've got to think that that gives you enough confidence to continue to play your best basketball. Will it stop a scoring drought? Absolutely not. But how you respond to one or how you overcome something uh, is, I, I think is what's going to change. And I think that the way Michigan is playing overall isn't necessarily different than how they play in the regular season, but they seem to be adapting better to situations. And I think that's why you see uh, them playing really well and, and beating uh, at least a really good Florida team, uh, not to take credit away from Montana, but that was a game where you like, it should be a, a shoe in uh, Montana uh, isn't as good as Michigan. Michigan should win. And you should be able to say the same in a two against a 10, but the way Florida played, in that first game that they had, Florida looked really good. And so I think it kind of maybe concerned a few people because Nevada was a high scoring offense uh, full of guys who have been in the tournament before. And Florida, even though winning by nine points really looked like the best team throughout that entire game. And so I thought Florida was going to give Michigan a little bit more of a scare. Uh, They were hitting shots early, but the way again, Michigan responded and really came out in that second half, something that we've been looking for them to do really for the the latter parts of the season was really impressive to me. And I think it gives them confidence moving forward against Texas tech. Uh, Derek, don't take any offense to this, but are you feeling okay? I have, uh, I'm coming off of a sickness. So yeah, my voice is a little bit choppy. I've got a brand new microphone too, which is nice, but oh, you know, yeah, it's, that's right. It's not saving my hoarse voice uh, from my weekend sickness, but it didn't keep me from watching Michigan basketball. Uh, yeah, did it have anything to do with yelling or screaming? Uh, no, it had more to do with uh, having a few drinks at the beach. Oh, at the beach. Uh, for those of you who don't remember from literally every show I feel like now Derek lives in Florida so congratulations Derek it's a, something like a life accomplishment yeah you could say <laughs> what, what are you looking at here with Texas Tech the three seed uh the the late game on Thursday nine thirty nine p.m eastern of course depending on when the Gonzaga game wraps up but what are you looking at for Texas Tech I think it's going to be a really, really difficult matchup. Uh, Texas Tech is 
one of the best, if not the best defense. Uh, you could put both teams up there as, if not the best, one of the best top five, top two even. These could be the, the best two uh, in really anyone's opinion. And so I look at uh, a defensive battle, but scoring has got to come from somewhere on both sides. And I honestly think that this will be a game that's down to the wire. What I hope it's like is like last year's game against Texas A&M where Michigan kind of came out and, and blew the doors off the other team. And I would love to see that because I don't think anyone's expecting that. And that's, again, what gives you even more confidence as Michigan tries to make another run at the national championship. But I expect it to be a, a very close game and a very difficult one for Michigan to win. Yeah, it seems like we get these matchups more often in football where two great defenses are going at each other and we talk about you know it being a, a 13-10 game or something like that. It doesn't always work out, obviously. And I mean, we watched or I watched Texas Tech against Buffalo and man, like Buffalo had absolutely nothing going offensively. Texas Tech's defense is for real. Not that we've spent a whole lot of time looking at Texas Tech before this uh, NCAA tournament, but if 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 you were going to put money on one of these defensive struggle games to like actually pan out that way, I think yeah, it'd have to be this one because Michigan's offense, while not um, down in the dumps, is not as prolific as as the offenses of past and their defense is right up there with texas techs so gosh i'm gonna have to stop saying texas tech texas tech texas tech so often (laughs) but yeah this just seems like one of those games where we we may actually see the defensive struggle pan out the way we're talking about it and just because i said that of course one of these teams is gonna drop like 85 and it's gonna be a complete blowout by halftime but hey, it just that's just my observation, man. It looks like a, a true defensive struggle, which it takes a, a fan or a dear lover of basketball to appreciate. Yeah, I mean, how both teams perform on offense, obviously, I mean, execution matters, but the game plan does as well. And there are ways to to beat these defenses. Both of these teams have lost, obviously, during the season. Texas Tech uh, even lost early in the conference tournament. Uh, you can say that Michigan State figured out Michigan's defense without any problem three times in a month span. And so when you are playing against one of the top defenses, if not the top defense in the nation, I know Ken Palm has them ranked as the top defense, you've got to find ways to score. So I wouldn't be surprised if it is a higher scoring game than maybe we anticipate. But for me, it's really, you just have to limit the turnovers. Michigan has been so good at that under John Beeline and and always being really leading the nation in fewest turnovers, uh, or at least right up there. And so if Michigan can limit the turnovers, Xavier Simpson has had somewhat of a turnover problem, at least compared to uh, games uh, in the end of the regular season and conference tournament where he had like a, a ridiculous ratio of assist to turnover. He's been turning the ball over a little bit. Other guys have too. And obviously that's the pace of play. That's the March Madness. And and everyone's out of their element to some point at least. But if Michigan can eliminate the turnovers against Texas Tech and also force Texas Tech to turn the ball over, favor to Michigan obviously because in a game like this that should be tight, I mean winning the turnover battle just like a a football game and two good defenses uh, mashed together uh, is really going to – probably be the difference maker in my opinion 
Is there a guy offensively who you feel like could take the top off of the Red Raiders? I would say anyone who can hit three-point shots consistently, but I'm also going to look at Charles Matthews. Uh, I, I feel really confident in his ability uh, to, to play in the NCAA tournament with his experience. He had a double-double uh, against Montana, and, and really they had no answer for him. Uh, I do know that obviously that Iggy Bras Degas' presence and, and the way that he can shoot and get to the hoop is going to be important. You can pick uh, John Teske as you need a big to perform well against uh, Texas Tech, but I think Charles Matthews, if Charles Matthews can get to the rim uh, and, and even get to the free throw line where he's improved a little bit, I think that he can help uh, take the top off Texas Tech, especially if he has the support from some of the shooters like Isaiah Livers and Jordan Poole hitting some threes. You know, the great thing about this kind of game happening now in the postseason is that we don't talk about trends nearly as much as we do in the regular season. So we're not really talking a whole lot about what Michigan has looked like offensively through the first two games of the tournament, because we, we all know that it's just the cliche is like one game at a time. I hate it when they use it in the regular season, but in the postseason, it just makes sense because who cares how you win? Who cares if you win 25 to 20 or 85 to 45? It just doesn't matter because it's one game and then you move on to the next one. And there's not much predictability there, it seems like. So, I, yeah, I, I think a, a game like this right now, I wouldn't – maybe we might be overanalyzing it if it was happening non-conference in the regular season. But since it's happening in the postseason, we're like, you know, it takes, it takes your best – or it, it takes your, your, the better 40 minutes. That's all that really matters. And somebody's going to give the better 40 minutes and, and win the game or – you know, perhaps better 45 or 50 uh, could <laughs> it could it could turn out to be a little bit like like Duke UCF, huh? Did you watch that? Yeah, absolutely. Aubrey Dawkins. Shout mm-hmm. out to Aubrey Dawkins, by the absolutely. way. Absolutely, absolutely, that was incredible. Had a I know we're taking a little turn here that I totally didn't expect. It just came to my mind, but Aubrey Dawkins put on a show against Duke. Had like 30 some points. Almost had the game winner. A little tip in that Michigan fans will recognize as looking very similar to Jordan Morgan's near tip-in against Indiana mm. some years back. But, uh, yeah, so shout-out Aubrey Dawkins. So you mentioned Charles Matthews. I thought that the obvious candidate here would be Jordan Poole, like as somebody who just doesn't seem to have a limit to his range, who could stretch out a defense if he's hitting his three-pointers. Do you Do you have faith in him to – be the big shot guy or is it just so spotty now that you know if it's there good but i'm not really going to count on it i mean he he has to be that guy for michigan can, to continue to win uh the first off the one reason i picked charles matthews offensively is because he is going to be the key to stopping Jarrett culver uh, texas tech's best player and probably one of the best players in the ncaa tournament really outside of the the duke boys and so for Jordan Poole, though, he has to he has to get those shots, and he has to be able to knock down those shots. He might take 10 three-pointers, but if he can hit four or five, six of them, I mean, obviously that does a lot. I don't remember what the stat was during the game. Uh, there were times where I had to go in and out with the audio because I was hanging out with some other people. But when Jordan Poole scores at a, at a higher clip, obviously Michigan has more success. And now it's not just – a Jordan Poole show in the NCAA tournament and really just for this Michigan team in general, the scoring distribution has to be pretty even. But the more Jordan Poole can do 
I think especially early in the game, get his confidence going, hit down some of those big shots. He had the four-point play uh, against Florida. Anything like that in that first half, coming out and really showing like, hey, I'm here to play today, and then whatever he can get from his teammates I think is obviously going to be super beneficial. And so I have faith in him to do that in the first half. Uh, Where I start to lose faith is having him have a complete game where he makes the shots early. He makes the shots to get them back into a game or extend a lead or even the go-to guy at the end of the game. Uh, hopefully not in a buzzer-beating situation uh, to save the season, but maybe to put him up three or four with a minute to go uh, by hitting a three there. So I would like to see a complete game for him. If I do, then I have full faith in him moving forward really anytime in the future. Have you seen there's one perfect bracket out there? I have. It's, it's mine. I'm scared. That's funny because I saw the person interview on CNN and didn't, I didn't look anything didn't look like, like me. Yeah. No, no. So this person has Gonzaga going all the way. So yeah, I that would they have Gonzaga beating Michigan though in the Elite Eight. So if this person is some kind of demigod, uh, it looks like Michigan does beat Tex- Texas Tech, but then they're going to lose to Gonzaga in the Elite Eight. And then, let's see, Duke over Michigan State, uh, Virginia beating Tennessee, and Kentucky beating North Carolina. I, I got to say, that doesn't look quite anything like my bracket, but this person is a, is perfect so far. I think that's pretty incredible. I think it's the farthest anyone has gone with a perfect bracket. I don't and know. Like At least in a while, it seems like. I, I can't think of, especially with some of the craziness, I mean, you can – Think back to last year, 16 beating a one, obviously, uh, 15 over two, Middle Tennessee State over Michigan State, because we obviously have to mention that. I, it's hard to think of a time where it's gone further, and so I don't, I don't know that for sure. But hey, we talked about this the last podcast before we even knew if Michigan would make it through the first weekend. An Elite Eight appearance is great. Uh, a loss would hurt no matter where it comes, uh, but it maybe hurts a little less in the second weekend. Uh, but winning a game against a great Texas Tech team kind of reminds me of what Michigan wasn't able to do a couple of years back. They upset Louisville, uh, and then they just kind of ran into Oregon, a team that made the Final Four. And so I think this is a game where Michigan is the better team, in my opinion, although Texas Tech has been playing really well. Uh, but winning this game, uh, it's something to be proud of. Uh, and then you run up against a team that was seeded number one. And it's hard to say Michigan's a favorite in that game, uh, but you never know. It could be a Michigan-Florida State rematch, too. That was a game that was played uh, last year as well on the way to the national championship. So I hope their bracket is perfect for them. Uh, for me, I hope it's not because I would like to see Michigan advance further uh, than they have them advancing. Have you changed your mind at all? We talked before about what kind of – because what we would consider a successful season or postseason. And we landed, I think, on the Elite Eight, like getting to the Elite Eight. Um, have you seen anything to change your mind? The way they played against Florida in the second half would make me maybe more disappointed if they can't find a way to get into the Final Four. I'll be honest and say I haven't seen Gonzaga really play much in either of their games. I have seen Florida State uh, play in both. I did watch Texas Tech, uh, more so against uh, Northern Kentucky than Buffalo, because uh, I was busy over the, the latter part of the weekend. 
But I would still say Elite Eight, and like we talked about at the beginning of the show, of the scoring droughts will happen, and and just because you win a couple of games, it's it's one game at a time, and you can't really determine what team's going to show up, especially the other team. Texas Tech could play out of their minds like Michigan did last year against Texas A&M, and, and maybe no one would predict that. But for me, I think the Elite Eight is still that spot where I'm relatively pleased and, and happy and feel like it was a good season. Maybe disappointed because of how they played in the second half against Florida. And then even thinking all the way back to the beginning of the regular season when it looked like a national championship squad. But I'll still stick with the lead eight, though. I'd be much happier if they can say that they made it to the final four two years in a row. Yeah, I think the only reason I would change my mind is if like Baylor or Murray State had somehow gotten through to this point and then you know, if Michigan – where to play them, one of those teams in the Elite Eight, then you're looking at a, well, a very similar situation to last season when Michigan played the Loyola Chicago in the Final Four. And you're like, come on, you can't lose to Loyola Chicago. Like, sure, you know, they've had this magical run. They got Sister Jean. It's been fun, but it's got to end somewhere. That's the only situation where I think I would, I would say Elite Eight doesn't cut it for me. But since you're going up against either Gonzaga or Florida State, in that situation, I, it doesn't matter the team. I mean, it's going to be uh, a competitive game, and it's it's very it's far from a shoe in from either side. So that's yeah, I I, I have no reason to uh, change what I thought before about an elite eight kind of being like the threshold of a successful postseason. Although we should define this is that is this a successful season or postseason? That's going to be something I'll have to reflect on. I think because of just the, I think the postseason matters so much. I think I mentioned this last time too. You've get you have coaches that get hired and fired because of outcomes. Uh, you you have a a Buffalo coach who's probably going to get some offers because you advance uh, in the NCAA tournament or even get to to there as a, as a team at that size or a school of that size. Uh, and that conference to to make it in a six seed line is impressive. And so guys are literally getting hired and fired because of NCAA tournament results, regardless of uh, what seed they made or that they made it in general. And so for me, I think that the postseason does determine how the overall season looks. I would say I'm disappointed in how the regular season ended because of what it looked like it was heading towards. But I do think you can maybe recover or rebound from that with another couple of wins in the NCAA tournament. And to speak about maybe what you said about if it being a Murray State or a Baylor like the Loyola Chicago last year, I would say really any team in the Sweet 16, and and obviously that will advance as the tournament continues on, I look at all of these matchups and you really have probably at least 14 to 15 of the best teams in college basketball uh, heading into this tournament by multiple sites. Oregon's playing like one of the best, uh, probably even the best 10 teams, I'd say, based on some of their performances. And so for me, other than maybe Virginia losing to a 12 seed just because of the seed line, I would say anybody can be anybody. And it Obviously, you're disappointed if your team loses or as a player, you don't want to lose. But I would man, I would not be surprised if it's an Auburn in the final four, a Houston playing the way they have, Oregon continuing to win. I mean, Purdue played out of its mind against Villanova. LSU looks really good. I think Michigan State's going to have trouble. And then again, Florida State and Texas Tech are two teams that could be in the final four as well. And so 
I look at this tournament, you might not have as many of the the eight through twelve seeds as some sweet sixteens in the in the recent past, but you've got some really, really good basketball teams left. And so that's why I'm stuck at that. Well, I'd still be happy if they made the Elite Eight. All right, four predictions. I see Michigan getting by Texas Tech here. Um, I, I I can't in my bracket. I think I had Buffalo beating Texas Tech, but anyway, I, I see Michigan getting through. The really important thing is going to be, I think, that first spurt in the second half. Like whichever offense is able to muster something to get ahead, because both defenses are so good. And obviously that spurt is important in any game, but especially when you're talking about two really good defenses that are going to be able to like lock in and, and protect a lead, you would think, you know, that the first four, five, six minutes in the second half are going to be crucial. And I, I think I think Michigan's going to find just enough offensive juice to to push itself over the hump. What are you looking at? I'm going to stick with my picks. I got uh, 14 out of the 16, sweet 16s, right? Uh, mostly because I picked a lot of the the better seeds uh, this year. I felt like it was a, a really front-heavy bracket where I felt like really 1 through 20 uh, top teams in the nation could make a run at it. Uh, and so for me, I'm going to go with what I've got. I've got Michigan beating Texas Tech. I have Michigan beating Gonzaga. I don't have them losing until Duke, uh, which is a team that I really just have trouble seeing them match up against. And now you look at UCF and you can say, well, they had a seven foot six guy and an Aubrey Dawkins who played out of his mind. And that's why it was so close. But I'm going to go with my gut heading into this. And I think that Michigan can and will survive the second weekend, though I won't be surprised uh, if, again, either any of these teams that are maybe the lower seed um, or, or the least favorable seed, uh, I think anyone can beat anyone. So I think they'll make it through the weekend. Uh, I hope they do. And, and obviously would be really excited for what that final four would look like the, the weekend after that. And, and then hopefully, again, a shot at the national championship. Yeah, th- uh, good point. Thanks for bringing that up because I totally forgot that we won't do another show until Michigan has hopefully played two games. So I think in my bracket, I got them beating Florida State. I think I have Florida State over Gonzaga. Not that I could like sit here for 20 minutes and back.